Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 153 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. Alrighty, let's get into today's episode. So today we are talking about synastry. And my special guest coming back for another round is none other than Kim Woods. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. I love talking with you. And I can't wait to dive into synastry, all about love and relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to ask you, I mean, when people sometimes see some of these astrological terms, they think, what does this mean? You know, and I think it really intimidates people. I like to say astrology is like a language. So synastry, in layman's terms, you've already given us a hint. If somebody says, what the heck is synastry? What would you say it is? Love. It's how you vibe in relationship. Easy peasy. Right. I mean, it's a fancy word, but it is all, it's about how we come together or don't with other people. Exactly. So what are some of the things an astrologer compares in charts to determine compatibility. Yeah, so that's really interesting. I do it two ways. Um, and I had mentioned Stephen Forrest before when I was here, and I've learned all beautiful, wonderful, deep things with him. And so we come, we come at it by comparing your house configurations because that's the outward expression. Those are the behaviors, those are the those are the daily life circumstances of how your stars align or misalign with somebody else's. And then we look at that combined astrology that you both came in with. If you if you're in a more intimate relationship, if you've if you've committed seriously with one another, whether that be you know those deep, close, intimate soulmate friends, or a business partner, or a spouse or partner, those are the longer term relationships where we've said to each other, "Yes, we're going to vibe with you for an indeterminate amount of time." Like we could say forever, but who knows what forever means. Um, then we look at what those two souls, your soul and that other person's soul, has have conspired to come together to do. So would you look at the same things? You mentioned, uh, you know, I think a lot of times when people think about compatibility. They just think about romance. Do you mm-hmm. look at the same things for a business partnership that you might look at for a marriage Yes and no in that. So when I look at that, when I look at those house configurations and I say like your third house is sitting on my fifth house and, you know, cause that's where the, the Zodiac signs lined up and you might have, you know, Venus in your fifth house and I might have, you know, let's do Mars in my third house. What does that mean? Right? Like, so that means, and this could, this could be both. This is why I chose this one because that third house is, is learning and teaching and presenting and communicating and, um, you know, how you present your ideas in the world, right? And then that fifth house is more about, you can think about it about love because that's the falling in love house, but it can also be creativity. And it can also be how you express yourself like more deeply in the world, depending upon what's there. Venus would be really attracting. So so if you had Venus in your fifth house that was hitting my third house, that in business, I would be looking at it through the lens of how do you bring your ideas forth and how do you attract clients? If it were a love relationship, I'd be looking at how are you creating love in your life and how are you thinking about if you're in a romantic, like really deep committed relationship, are you thinking about children? 
or grandchildren, right? So, and so that's that fifth house. And then that third house, it would be, it would be again, how you're expressing yourself, but it might be how you communicate in your partnership, like your mind in the, in, in like your will with Mars, there, a meeting with your creative expression and Venus with your heart. So I'd be looking at how those pieces come into play. And it's really whatever type of relationship is, that's just a different lens. Uh, so it's like, again, it's like speaking a different language depending on the relationship, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense. So are there any planets that you think are really important to look at in synastry? Oh, 100%. I would look at, I mean, we have the personal planets, right? So that's how that's how you come together. I don't want to say more easily, either more easily or not, right? So that's how you either come together or you don't. So I obviously you're looking at the sun and the moon and, and the ascendant just to see where those land. That's That's obvious. Let's go beyond the obvious. Mercury, definitely how you're communicating and how you're receiving, like how you're listening. Obviously, Venus, how are you choosing? You know, Venus is Venus is about like how you value yourself and others, how you attract others. But she's also about she's more than love. She's about discernment, you know, and, and how to, and how what expression does that look like? Mars is where is your energy, right? Like, where is your natural energy? Where did you decide to put your 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 like energy of bravery? How are you asking yourself to be brave? I love looking at that. If you take those as a bundle, you'll get a really good um uh, look at how people are just in their daily lives, in their more practical lives, navigating with each other. But those large, those outer planets, those big planets, you have to look at Pluto. You must really? look at Pluto. Oh, a hundred percent. Pluto. So mm-hmm. my my husband and I, our Plutos are conjunct. And a lot of people are, Teresa, because think okay. about this. Pluto's so slow moving, yep. right? Like Pluto, Pluto is, you know, if, if we're, if we're in relationship with somebody within a year or two, or even three or four years of us, we're going to have a lot of those other outer planets in the same sign, but they might not be in the same house. I want to see what houses they're in. I want to see where your husband Pluto hits your Pluto. Well, that, yeah, that's fascinating to me. I never thought about Pluto in relationships. So you would look at where it hits in the chart. hundred percent. Yeah. Because, because think about this, your deepest soul wound is reflected with Pluto. But when you when you navigate, when you really, really dive into Pluto and you come out the other side of Pluto, you are riding such an, a wave of gorgeous energy that you're, I think of it as unconditional love. I And I know other people don't say that, but, but I do. When you think about you appreciate the wealth of who you are and you've navigated that dark night of the soul and you've come out the other side. And of course, can we ever totally come out the other side? Maybe not, but there are glimmers, right? And with those glimmers, you knowing what your partner is rank, decided to wrangle with this, you know, this t- turnaround in life and what you have. Oh, yeah, that's I, I think I dive there first. So my Pluto uh, is it's in my let's just use me as an example. It's in my 11th house and it lands in my husband's eighth house. Oh, ooh, OK. I love that. OK. And what sign is your Pluto in? Uh, Virgo. Oh, Virgo. Yeah. I'm a current, I'm a Virgo person too. And your husband Virgo as well. Yep. Okay. So when you look at that, that's a square, right? So his, his deep intimacy, you know, how does he see himself at the, at like the, the like darkest point in his life? Like where does he fall down on his knees and doesn't, doesn't want to get up? That's eighth house. Eighth house yes. is transformation, right? We can say intimacy and we can say sex and we can say, you know, death, but it's but it's really it's really Phoenix. It's like where does he want to be reborn? And and for him, it's eighth house. I mean, that God, that's like 
it's it's in its own house, right? So Pluto is amplified for him, right? Now, are you born in the in the years where Uranus is conjunct as well? Or are you separate from that? Oh, we are born like three months apart. Right. But for you, what, it makes- uh, I'm, I'm double checking because I don't want to like, uh, I have, uh, yes, I have Uranus at 10 degrees and Pluto at 13 degrees. So they are conjunct. Yep. hundred percent. Right. So I, I know I, I'm, I'm right there with you. So, so this is where the shock and awe comes in too. Now I don't want to move away too much from Pluto, but that's really informative for those of us who were crazy enough to decide that this was a good idea. Right. So there's like a six year expanse where Uranus and Pluto were right conjunct. It's a very, it's a water house for him. This is deep. This is, this is really something that, that he wants to be able to, um, renew, right? Because what that water house is, is just about renewal. I know that they're in Virgo. I know it's an earthly sign. And I'm going to say something about Virgo most people don't say, but I feel that Virgo in her truest expression is where you embody your full potential. Mm. Like think of that mentoring element of Virgo. Think about that, that Virgo, I see per- perfection and I want to be able to, to immerse myself in it and I can see the gap and I want to strive for it. But what if Virgo weren't so busy and naggy and weren't so strivy, right? What if she would just say yes to herself in perfect health and, and, and just welcome the energy in, she would be embodying her full potential. So I look at that, and for him, eighth house watery, there's renewal there. And obviously with, with Uranus, is a little shock and awe, but we'll just leave that to the side for right now, Teresa. Um, but for you, the 11th house future, so your Pluto is getting stronger. Your Uranus is getting stronger. The ability to navigate um, transformation, and, and I'm not saying you ever avoided it, look at the work you do, but but you wouldn't be able to if you had in, in the earlier decades of your life. Um, but for you, it's a, it's more outward expressing, you know, it's more out in the world. It's those friends, it's the acquaintances, it's, it's the larger groups. Look at this podcast. This is a perfect example of Pluto, right? Pluto and Virgo, you are embodying the transformative language of astrology for the world at large. That's gorgeous. Now, getting back to your relationship, you might have a, a, I don't want to say disconnect, but but a, but it's a square, right? So you might have a little bit like he wants to be deeper, and you want to be more outward, you know. And he wants to he wants to kind of cozy in. I won't say that this is about the past; it's not, but it's certainly about the present. And you're more future looking, so your Pluto's wrangle with each other a little bit. But I would say with Pluto, like roll up your sleeves and dive right in because it's gorgeous. I love that, and this is so interesting to me because. I don't think I've ever talked with anybody about compatibility that talks about Pluto. It's always Venus and moon, Venus and moon. So this actually pretty much blows my mind. And you're giving me, I want to go look at my children's charts right now and see what's going on with our Plutos. That's so fascinating. So here's another question I ask. I want to ask you because uh, I'm a firm believer that we can get along with anybody if we really want to. Now, this yeah. is me like a true Libra rising. Yeah, okay. But have you ever come across people who have totally incompatible charts? And I mean, what do you advise them if the chart, they're, maybe let's say they're a new couple, nothing adds up, it's looking tough. What do we do? I, I will tell them that. So here's the thing. When people come to me, look at, I just dove into Pluto for the planets. I'm very Plutonian. So people come to me and I always say, it's no joke. You're ready to, you're ready to really roll up your sleeves and dive right in and you're ready to grow and transform. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to be okay. That's literally one of the first things I say to people. So if that couple were sitting with me, I would, I would obviously, I'm not going to dive right in and say, oh my goodness, you are doomed. 
because I don't right. think anybody's doomed. I honestly don't believe that anybody's doomed, but I certainly want to give them a heads up about what it is that they've asked of themselves with each other. Because here's the thing, when our minds know and we can get that information, we then have more ability to decide. We can make better decisions. And wouldn't it be great to know that, this is why I like to look at that composite chart too, to know that, okay, these are the wranglings that we've decided to undergo, but here is why we decided to undergo them. So I always go into past lives and because I do all of evolutionary astrology. So I'm, there's always a reason. There's absolutely a reason. Maybe you've come here together to do, you have this shared soul destiny and that wrangling is going to totally inform that. It's going to beautifully help. Maybe there's some navigation through that past life expression that you want to be able to become more aware of. So I always look for, I'm a, I am not a Pollyanna, but I'm, but I'm always looking for the opportunity. And I feel that when you know, you can then decide I have had a couple that weren't totally together yet and did decide not to come together because they decided, you know what? Life didn't have to be that difficult because it was going to be some pretty, there was some challenges coming that were pretty big. I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, again, what you say here about that, it gives people choice. It's like you have now a, a manual for what to expect and how to operate and you can choose if this is the vehicle that moves you forward, or maybe you need a different vehicle if you don't like the way it rides. Right. Exactly. So have you ever experienced this? So here's the flip side of the coin. Have you ever experienced where you've seen a chart that looks super compatible, but maybe the couple didn't work out? I haven't seen the totally not working out. I've seen the, we are going through hell right now. Mm -hmm. and, and we want to know whether we're going to come out of it on the other side and how that's going to look. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I do whole families sometimes. Really? So, oh yeah. That's where you're, I mean, that is like do the math, right? You're doing the, okay. Here are the parents coming together. And then here's this child with this parent, this child, with that parent, then they're the child together, the children together. It gives a whole big composite. I will not do that in one setting. Obviously we do that in a series because your brain would just not be able to take all that information in. Um, but I have seen very difficult adult children or, or just becoming like those teenage years or even toddler years that the parents are struggling. And honestly, they were a strong couple together, but then all of a sudden they have these struggles and it's really quite frankly, the other souls that they're living with, right? Getting that soul level glimpse of why that's happening is unbelievably illuminating. And Bar none, I've seen them come out the other side. I love hearing that because I am, I'm not a Pollyanna either, but I'm an optimist and I like to believe we can work things out if we just have the information. Exactly. So do progress charts play a role in synastry? They do. I mean, we can, we can get uber complicated about this. So what I end up doing is I end up looking at those progressions Obviously, sun and moon, right? Um, most most generally, sometimes Mars will come into play. That's it's a, it's a very Plutonian chart because I feel like Mars and Pluto go go beautifully together. Obviously, right when you look through the Scorpionic lens, but a lot of times you can get energy from Mars that can help you navigate Pluto. Um, so I will I will look at those. It depends on the age of the couple. 
right? And it depends on where that sun is moving. The, the moon obviously is a much more temporal kind of expression, but that could be, especially somebody who has their moon in the 12th house, right? Like somebody can come and they progress moon and they can, they can just not be themselves, right? They're just, and they don't know why, and it's so foggy and, and they don't know when they're going to come out. Nothing breathes better into someone's life when you say, oh, and your progressed moon is going to come out of the 12th house on April 10th. And literally they have hang on. And they're like, okay, I'm just going to get to April 10th. It's really helpful for that person personally, but it's really helpful for the spouse. I know, I know a partner. I know for me with my children, I had my son go through that progress moon in the 12th house when he was 12, not easy. He was just entering, I think it was 12 to 14 freshman in high school. It was, it was terrible for him. And if I hadn't known his progress moon was in the 12th house, it would have been really difficult to parent him. Well, I love that you're bringing up about the parenting thing, because I do think, you know, when you have a child, we don't know. We There's so much we don't know. Like, you know, will my child be okay? Will they like me? Will we get along? Mm-hmm. And so astrology can give you a lot of information that can help you with your parenting. I know that when my children were born, the first thing I did was an astrology chart, of course. Of course. of course, I think every astrologer does the same thing right in the hospital. We are looking at the charts. And I remember looking at my daughter's chart and our moons oppose each other. And mm-hmm. my sister and mother, all four of us have fixed moons. And okay. all, oh my, and talk about a family dynamic. The women in our family, I mean, what does that tell you right there? That is stubborn. So let's just use that as an example. Let's say you've got a family, a mother two daughters, and now we've got the granddaughter, and everyone is a fixed moon. And it's all four fixed moons. We have a moon in Taurus. My mother's a moon in Leo. My sister is a moon in Aquarius. I'm a moon in Scorpio. What advice would you give this? Okay, first of all, I just want to tell you my moon is in Scorpio too. This is why we vibe so well together. Yes. yes. Yep. Best moon. I, I love the moon in Scorpio. Yeah, me too. Okay. So, wow, fixed, right? Okay. So, this is where I would look at the particular expression of each one of those moon signatures. And, and do you do phases of the moon as well, or do you not do phases of the moon? I don't do I phases would, of the moon, but I would I would yeah, okay. I want to hear what you have to say about this. Okay, so it could, because you've got that fixed status of where they are in the in the you know the zodiac. So I would go in first. I would go into each one of the of the higher expression of those signs, and then of the lower ones because you know what you need to know what your range is, right? Yes. So you know that when you're getting along and you're in the flow, that Leo and that and that Taurus loves to love to express themselves like this. You know, like Taurus will tolerate. Leo's antics, right? But but Leo brings out the best in Taurus too, because Taurus does have this flavoring of wanting to be bigger and larger, but they can hold themselves back, right? And Leo will give that Taurus permission to, to actually come out a little bit. So that's that's a beautiful negotiation. Um, so I would look at each one of those and what and what the what we could do to appreciate about the other, because there's an appreciation that's available, but with those squares, you can't see it. So you need to point them out and be pretty overt about like how you're pointing them out. But the phases of the moon, Teresa, are just fabulous. So there's so much information as to whether you're in a waxing moon phase or a waning moon phase, whether you're in that gibbous phase or whether you're in that, um, you know, crescent phase, whether you're in those squares, those quarters or they're full or they're new, tons of information there. And that's where I feel like you can widen that because, because what I'm doing right now, for those of you listening, I know you can't see, I'm like literally wanting to like expand my chest. I'm throwing my elbows out. It feels like you want some more space with those fixed moons. 
You know, you just want to breathe some life. So getting that appreciation will get you someplace, but it's not going to get you far enough. Looking at those phases of the moon, I would be shocked if those phases of the moon were the same. <laughs> that would be shocking to me, you know? So you could look, if you're that waning crescent, you're looking for that big, huge, expansive energy. If you're that, you know, waning, waning, uh, or excuse me, waxing gibbous, you're looking for that negotiation with other. If you're in that waning gibbous, you're, you're now, you're now wa- like walking more into the spiritual realm. You're, especially when you reach that waning crescent, you're like really opening the veil. That gives you beautiful information about how you can help moon speak. Yes. That's hard speak. And I think off the top of my head, we are all at very different lunar phases. I would I would be shocked if you weren't. I mean, yeah. that would just be that would okay, but if you were, then this is where I'd go into the evolutionary astrology and look at past lives and be and say, why did you woman decide that this was going to be a good idea? <laughs> So this is very helpful, though. You can sit down with families. You can look at things like this. And I mean, we're, we're being very simple here with just the moon. But you can then, as the astrologer, really give guidance on how mm-hmm. we can make this difficult configuration work. And it doesn't need, mean that we don't have to get along. We can find a way to really have deep, healthy relationships. Absolutely. And there's a reason. If, if you've invited someone into your life from, in that parent-child relationship, of course, or that committed relationship, there's a reason. And let's find, let's explore what it is, even if some of it's uncomfortable. Yep. And getting, uh, and sometimes getting uncomfortable is the only way to get comfortable. Absolutely. So one last question, have you ever done a compatibility chart that totally blew you away? That just was like, this is the strangest combination, or this is the most excellent, or just something that really stood out. I, so I, I'm asked to do some celebrity charts out in public. Like this is, you know, I'm asked to do a writing on it or something like that. And I don't know a lot about pop culture. Um, I'm of an age, right? So if a rapper comes up and, you know, like they they ask me to do things. What I, it fascinates me, Teresa, is I'll go in blind. I won't even know, like I, I won't, I purposely don't look people up because I don't want to have any preconceived notion. And I'll open up the synastry and I'll open up the composite and I'll, and I'll go ahead and do the analysis. And then Bar none, literally bar none, it is always it is always like 100% what they're experiencing. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you go in with no info. I mean, that really does allow you then to not have an attitude, a bias. And I think when you are doing this type of work, it is important to keep that out of there so that you can deliver a really super helpful reading. I find that really, really wise. I, I, I even do that in the container because a lot of times I'll have the 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 woman that I do a lot with female business leaders and then we'll do the spouse and then we'll do the family. And I purposely just lay the charts out and I'm not looking at the names at the top of the charts. I'm just looking for those matchups. So like if we're doing this parent with these children or whatever, and then you come out and I just feel it's cleaner. Yes. You get just information that's wildly objective that will be really helpful. And being objective is the best thing for an astrologer, tarot reader, or anybody who does the metaphysical arts with the human population. So we need that objectivity. I love that. Well, this has been such a rich, interesting episode. I think the Pluto thing has blown my mind. You know, as soon as I am done talking with you, I'm going to be digging around in Pluto because I've never heard this before. And (laughs) this really, uh, really super fascinating. So Kim, thank you so much for making time to explain Sinistry to me today. And I really love your wisdom. 
And if people want to soak up more of your goodness, where can they find you? Is there something new you're teaching? Uh, What have you got going on? We have so many things going on. It's so fascinating. I have a team of, there's eight of us now, which is beautiful. Yeah, we do transformation. And I happen to be the only astrologer in the group, which is fine. Um, but we are located kimwoods.com for my website. You'll find lots of goodies there. And then across the channels, it's Kim Woods channel. And yes, play on words there if you want to think about it. Um, and right now, like we've just come out of the annual forecast. So we have the free guide, but we're all, we're doing quarterly ritual now on the solstice and the equinoxes. And there, it's around our whole thing is around dreams, desires, and dollars. Like we want you to be realizing your dreams. We want you to be satisfying your desires. And we want you to be consistently, I'm a business person, making dollars. And so we've been doing rituals on the quarter. So just reach out and just find out where we are in the seasons and and what's coming up because there's always something new. Awesome. So everyone who is listening, make sure you get into Kim's world, check out what she's got going on, Maybe get a compatibility chart and learn how you can get along with the people in your life. Uh, Once again, Kim, thank you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. I love talking with you. All right, people, that is all for today's episode. And by the way, if you're enjoying the show, you know what to do. You're going to get on over to iTunes right now. Leave a kind review because that helps new listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And also, don't forget, for more fun stuff, you can go over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes, and so much more. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I will see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss, and you've got that power. Be kind yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.